Howdy, y'all. I'm Justin. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Hello, and welcome back to Cowboys Like Us, the only podcast streaming live from America's secret moon base. We are not currently at liberty to disclose additional information about the moon base at this time, but it exists and we are up there. We are allowed to disclose that Je- uh, Georgie was the first successful birth on the moon, on the moon base. <laughs> it's true. He almost floated out a window. We had to scramble for him. He is a moon baby. Yep. Today we are talking about My Tears Ricochet from Folklore. But first, we've got some poll results for you. Red got a 7 out of 10 from you, the people at home. I'm not mad about it. Nope. Seems reasonable. As you all can hear, Madeline is here, as promised, from the uh, the bonus episode. She'll be here for yes. the next few and episodes. Kim is still alive. Kim is still alive and on maternity leave. Indeed. We got a comment on one of our YouTube videos from Alan Aaron, who said, Hey guys, I love your podcast. I listen on Spotify, but the sound on there is very low for some reason. So glad you've posted on here. And I found you on here finally, since the sound is much better here for some reason. I hope you put your latest episode up on here soon. Can't wait to hear the episode covering Grammy night and the new album announcement. Alan Thank you for pointing that out. Unfortunately, I don't know enough about what I'm doing to really fix that for you. Um, (laughs) You know, maybe one day I will learn and fix it, but it sounds about the same on my phone. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a setting on their end because I haven't noticed a significant, uh, significant difference, but you know, hey, if, if their home is now YouTube, listen to us on YouTube, my guy. I noticed that we're getting some decent views over there. Yeah, they're stacking up. Thank you for listening to the podcast, Alan. Thank you for the feedback. We hope to remedy it, but probably we won't because we don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry about that. But yes, just keep listening to the YouTubes. It'll be on there. Do you have any other pod business you want to chat about, Madeline? I don't think so. I think we're good to go. Cool. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to the bonus episode. That's the only thing. Yeah, that's a good one. I think so. Got um, lots of likes on our social media announcement of it. Um, people are real hyped that Pop Baby is here. Lots of well wishes for you, too. Oh, that's nice. Oh, let's go ahead then and get into the news. Uh, news from around the Taylorverse. The Grammys happened. We talked about it on the bonus episode, but I'll recap briefly. Taylor won two of her six nominations. She won Best Pop Vocal Album and Album of the Year, both for Midnight's. She now has 14 career Grammy Awards, and she's the first artist to win Album of the Year four times. And during her acceptance speech for Best Pop Vocal Album, she announced her new album, The Tortured Poets Department, out April 19th. We've since got the track list and a little bit more info. It's all in the bonus episode. Go listen to it. Yep, yep. Also in the news this week, Taylor is 
on her legal stuff. A college student named Jack Sweeney runs a variety of social media accounts where he shares flight tracking data on a variety of rich and famous people, including Taylor Swift. Back in 2022, he was banned from X because he was sharing Elon Musk's, quote, assassination coordinates, Elon's words, not Jack's. (laughs) Taylor's legal team sent Mr. Sweeney a cease and desist letter that said, quote, they would have no choice but to pursue any and all legal remedies if he did not stop his stalking and harassing behavior. Sweeney's accounts have caused Swift and her family direct and irreparable harm, as well as emotional and physical distress. 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 And had heightened her constant state of fear for her personal safety. While this may be a game to you or an avenue that you hope will earn you wealth or fame, it is a life or death matter for our client. There is no legitimate interest in or public need for this information other than to stalk, harass, and exert dominion and control. Strong words. They are. They are. And I have an opinion, but I'll let, I'll let Sweeney's response come through. Well, Mr. Sweeney said the information is already out there. Her team thinks they can control the world. And he has enlisted the services of the Electronic Frontier Foundation to help his case. And they have said that the accusations were hyperbolic and unfounded. They were sent in hopes that Sweeney would just delete everything and do what they said. This isn't about putting a GPS tracker on someone and invading their privacy. It's using public information to track the jet of a public figure. This is their means to try to quash a PR issue and bully my client to have the bad coverage die down. Yeah, I am very active on social media. I have seen both my own and the podcast social media. And I have seen so many conflicting opinions on this. The people who are not Swifty seem pretty hardline convinced. People that I've never thought would even talk about Taylor Swift on the internet are hard pressed that they are just trying to squat, that Taylor's team is just trying to squash bad press about carbon emissions because people like to call her the carbon emission queen. Now, that being said, there have, if you look at the, the public information for who's putting out the most CO2 emissions, with private jets. It's not Taylor. She's not in the top 10. But I have seen, I know that for a fact, I've seen the actual data there. But I've seen face, uh, people on Facebook sharing edited ones, edited data that shows her as the top carbon emission emission person. Like it just erases the first name and puts it on her. I can't remember who the first one is. I think it's a rapper or somebody. But um, it's, it's a very interesting amount of, of Taylor hate, of trying to find something to hate Taylor for. Now, on Taylor's team side of this, my personal opinion, yes, this is public information that you can find if you know where to look. My problem with Mr. Sweeney's, his method of putting the information out there is that he's doing the legwork to find the public tracking information on planes, which is, you know, if you know how to read it and how to get there, you can do it. But he's making it so accessible to the layman. And Taylor has so many stalkers and so many death threats about everything. And the Super Bowl is coming up and there's a lot of heat, uh, a lot of hate coming towards her regarding the Super Bowl. People whose teams are not even in the Super Bowl are hating Taylor because her team is in the Super Bowl. So I can, I can understand. I want to give Taylor's team the benefit of the doubt on saying that they really are trying to protect Taylor. And they're like, stop trying, stop gathering all of the stalker shit for them and spoon feeding it to them, my guy. Yeah, I understand 
Taylor's team's opinion and everything. It just, I don't see how it's legally actionable if the information is publicly available. Like sharing publicly available information is not a crime that I'm aware of. So yeah, exactly. All he's doing is compiling it. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's a bad look. I get it, but I think, I think it's a bad look. I think it's an empty threat. And I think if he holds his ground, I don't think anything will come of it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. It's just, again, more people getting more clicks and more people making more money on Taylor's name. Yeah. The lawyers are getting paid. Billable hours wins again. Speaking of people who've made money off Taylor Swift, Joe <laughs> Alwyn is a <laughs> bitch. Yeah, he is. According to the, to the media, an anonymous source close to Mr. Alwyn says that Joe believes Taylor's new album title is a reference to a group chat between he and some of his friends. And they said, quote, Joe has not said one word about Taylor or their breakup and has been completely respectful of her. It's undeniable that the name of her upcoming album is in reference to Joe's WhatsApp group chat. Taylor knocked him for the name of this when they were together, as she should have. It's stupid. She didn't <laughs> think that it had anything to do with her. So when he spoke out about it, she was, of course, bothered. Joe has no reason to believe yet that she's going to diss him or their relationship. She writes about her past using code and points of reference. It may just be that she's reflecting on their time together, and he is hoping it is nothing more. If it is an <laughs> album, that is shady. He helped her with songwriting on her past album, so it will really come as a shock to him if she talks about their breakup, as it is something he has not spoken of at all. Regardless of what she does, he will still not respond because he has removed himself from her narrative and is very glad he did. Okay, Eliza Hamilton. Right. This is, he is trying, what about controlling the narrative here? He is digging himself a deeper hole. Yeah. I'm not saying this album is an attack on me because I haven't heard it yet, but I'm just going to go ahead and say preemptively through a source that if it is, how dare she? And I didn't say anything about our relationship, so why should she? Bro, if you didn't say anything, there's there's always the chance that neither of you said anything because it was amicable and fine. But as we're coming to find out from one of the of the two pieces of the relationship that's being leakier, Taylor, you're probably not saying shit because you're a scared little bitch. And that you don't want people to hate you for your past actions that you thought were going to stay behind locked doors. Yeah, he doesn't want the Swifties coming after him. Because otherwise, and who would? There's a lot of us. He would release his side of the story, but he won't. He releases he he releases it in a like TV show format. Maybe a response mini show. I would watch it. I would watch it. I would watch it. <laughs> That's the problem. He make money. Joe, don't listen to this. You don't get to make any money. Yeah, no. man, that is wild. She basically we we said this in the bonus episode, and go back and listen to it because it's quality. But uh, she basically wrote his name all over this album. And it is giving breakup. It's giving diss track. So Long London is track five. It's going to be heart-wrenching. Yeah. She might as well have just called the album Fuck Joe Alwyn. <laughs> it would have been about as subtle. Very good. The Eras Tour movie is finally coming to streaming very soon. It'll be available on D- Disney Plus starting March 15th. Disney spent over $75 million for the streaming rights. Netflix and Peacock were also in the bidding, but they lost out to Disney. And 
the streaming version will have five additional songs, including Cardigan. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to have five additional songs, including Cardigan, which we've all been waiting on. And we had predicted that with the digital rollout, we would get those additional songs. But the songs that we should be expecting are the other songs that she played in the acoustic session while she was in L.A. filming, because they filmed for, it was like three or four nights. So we should be expecting Cardigan, of course. I Can See You, Death by a Thousand Cuts, Maroon, and You Are In Love. So those are awesome. We'll be excited to have those on our TVs anytime we want, instead of having to pay $19.89 every time we want to freaking watch it. My hope for the streaming version, oh yeah, the Eras Tour movie. It's the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, because of course it's. I certainly hope that the Taylor's version is in order because it drives me insane that they decided to add the other three songs on as like an encore performance in the Amazon Prime version. Right. I was unhappy. I wanted to be beginning. I wanted to top to bottom. I wanted an order. Me too. We talked about that when it first came to uh, Amazon Prime. Hopefully they rectify that. We'll Speaking of the Eras tour, it's back. And the 2024 dates have begun. Taylor is currently in Japan. I believe today, as we record this, he was finishing out her four-night performance. Yes, because time isn't real at all. Um, We are recording this on Friday night here in the state of Alabama, home sweet home. It is sometime afternoon. I can't remember exactly how many hours ahead. It's sometime afternoon right now in Tokyo on Saturday in this moment. So. For us to watch the live stream, she starts about 3.30 in the morning, our time, and uh, the surprise songs are at about 5.30-ish a.m. It ran a little late last night. This morning, it, or night, it's, it's morning for us. This morning, it ran a little bit late. She, uh, I don't know what was going on because I missed the beginning of the show. But live streams are going strong. There are less people there than there were when they were during more waking hours. can't imagine that everybody has alarms on their phone like we do. But people are still streaming, and Tokyo is hype for Taylor. They are going all out on their outfits. They have plenty of live streamers. They know every word to every song. It's just been solid. It's also an indoor stadium, indoor facility that she's playing in. So the sound is just magnified. Yes, she's playing at a venue called the Tokyo Dome, which is a dome, the name suggests. At her first show in Tokyo, Taylor revealed that if she had not won any Grammys, she would have announced the Tortured Poets Department in Tokyo. So I missed out on a big, big... Uh... Also, I thought I had seen this, but I just wanted to double check to make sure that I wasn't wrong. The name, the localized name for the Tokyo Dome is the egg. And our girl loves an Easter egg. There you go. Taylor Swift is the Easter Bunny confirmed. Um, Taylor Swift is the Easter Bunny confirmed. On night three, I believe it is. Taylor got the fans hyped for a second when she was going to do her surprise songs because she called them songs I've never played live before. Brand new. Yeah, and, and she's been doing that the whole tour if she hasn't played something live, but it uh, people are anxious. People are on the edge of their seat. Yep, people thought it was Tortured Poets Department songs, and it was not. It wasn't, and she felt a little bad about it. She has yeah. actually had to... She's, She's, she's thrown off her groove, man. She's been on vacation for too long because she's had two mistakes. She never does mistakes. And people are like, it's, it's Easter egg. She meant it. And I was like, nah, that girl literally was just off of her, her choreography a little bit. So night two, either night one or night two, she fell, uh, almost fell off of her seat during the vigilante shift. 
in the uh, that first hard sit down where she's facing the crowd. Uh, mm. She like started to slip off. She catches herself with her thigh muscles, which mm, perfect. She's amazing. She catches herself and gets righted up on the chair, but you can see it. There's plenty of footage of it. Of her <laughs> almost busting her ass. And then last night or this morning, night three, she uh, trips while on top of the folklore. <laughs> she catches herself there too. She doesn't go all the way down. She catches her step. But then when she goes down into the folklore house to uh, give the Betty speech, she says, Guys, my life just flashed before my eyes. Like <laughs> that was the way I go out. Uh, she, she was like, "I don't know if you guys saw it, but I almost tripped, fell off top of the, uh, the folklore house." <laughs> but she's fine. It's it's been entertaining. Tokyo has been entertaining. It's also a big time difference, like we discussed. So she's struggling, struggling. USA Today estimates that the concerts in Tokyo will boost the Japanese economy by two hundred and twenty-eight million dollars. So. Taylor's economic impact is international, not just domestic. Mm -hmm. And once Taylor wraps up her fourth and final performance, she'll be headed to the Super Bowl, which I believe is in Las Vegas this year. She will then head to Australia for seven shows, three in Melbourne, <laughs> Melbourne, or Melbourne. Mel Melbourne? No, they don't say it. And four mm -hmm. in Sydney. Yeah, and with all these weird time changes and stuff, that's how Kim was telling us she loses like a whole calendar day. There's like a day. I think it's I think it's February twelfth. Taylor's like not gonna touch the earth on February twelfth anywhere. <laughs> because time zones are wild. But she will make it to the Super Bowl and she will make it to her shows, you know. She's she's a busy lady. She's doing everything she wants to do. Kim did submit a little bit of a clown corner for this episode. So let's delve into that momentarily. Kimberly's Clown Corner. So Kim is clowning hard with the internet Swifties, and I am right there with her for this one. We think there's going to be a double drop. We think it's going to be the Black Album and the White Album. We think we're getting reputation. And we think we're getting reputation before PTPD. The signs. The 112-day theory that you have never listened to a second of, Justin, all point to reputation and have been pointing to for months and months and months. Reputation coming out on February 16th, your anniversary. And Kim has been claiming that it's an anniversary present to you guys, right? So the thought is everything is lining up too. We think that that Reputation Taylor version is going to be announced at night four in Tokyo, which is just hours away from now we can see if we're right or not we think that she's going to announce rep in tokyo potentially bring ed sheeran on because ed is currently in tokyo and he posted a tiktok of him wearing a snorlax cardigan at the tokyo pokemon center mm. good for him bring him on as the girlfriend lots of signs have been pointing to tokyo or japan in general this is her only japan show so it's got to be here when you throw back to the 1989 Taylor's version cover reveal and we got the little snake S in the word Taylor's version, inversion, that S inversion looks like a little snake head and it looks like a snake wrapped around itself. And it's the side, an I, an O, and an N. And people were thinking that it was November back when we clowned really hard. And she was like, oh, it's going to be my red, uh, era. We were like, okay. And then she was like, sit in the corner and think about what you did. Yeah, we were all mad at her. The thought now is that she is referring to February 
tense in Japan because the uh, word for February in Japanese starts with an N. Now, we also had Taylor Nation sharing and promoting a playlist on Spotify that said, that was at Christmas time that said, uh, we can keep the Christmas lights up till February, dot, 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 dot. And it was weird because it had a non-Taylor's version song in it and they never promoted it. It had, the playlist ended with New Year's Day original rep version. And people were like, is something coming on New Year's Day? Well, the Lunar New Year is coming to a close here in Japan. So road signs are pointing towards it. We're clowning towards it real hard. More recent signs just in the shows here in Tokyo, she had, or there in Tokyo, she has changed the audio around the reputation set. Mm-hmm. When um, she's going into the rep set and you get the snake sound, there's also this like ghostly voice now that seems to be saying reputation Taylor's version in hushed layered voices. She also changed the visuals there with the black and white splashes in the lead up to the reputation set. But if you go all the way back to the beginning of the show, when it's the midnight clock and everything is counting down to her coming out on stage, there Mm -hmm. are, everything is black and white except for the clock and the little digital numbers. And all of her albums are her faces, those stickers that we've been seeing on Instagram throughout the entire era tour. It's all of her faces of all of her albums. But now, just in the Tokyo show, if you look at her reputation face, it's not staying still. It's rotating, and it's rolling, and it's moving. So people think something's coming. All right. Well, it sounds compelling when you lay it out that way. It sounds It does, but it sounded compelling before. So we're going to clown over here in our corner. And if we're right, Kim will lose her mind. All right. Well, thank you for that, Madeline and Kimberly. To chart watch on the Billboard RS100, Taylor stayed put at number one on the Hot 100 Singles Chart. Cruel Summer dropped one spot at number three. And Is It Over Now dropped four spots to number 21. On the Billboard 200 Albums Chart, 1989 TV rose one spot to number five. Lover rose three spots to number seven. Midnight's Rose 2 to number 9. Folklore is down 1 to number 13. Reputation is up 3 to number 16. Speak Now TV is at 26. No change. Red TV stayed at 33. Evermore is down 7 to number 34. 1989 Stolen rose 2 spots to number 67. And Fearless Taylor's version down 3 to number 73. A little bit more positive on the album's chart this week. Yeah, I gotta knock that reputation down, but it'll happen soon. Yep. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get into the song song of the week? We're getting the song of the week. All right. Our song this week is My Tears Ricochet, which was originally released on Folklore back in 2020. It was written by Taylor Swift and produced by Taylor Swift, Jack Antonoff, and Joe Alwyn. Gross. Yep. (laughs) What has Taylor said about this song? She says, I found myself being very triggered by any stories, movies, or narratives revolving around divorce, which felt weird because I haven't experienced it directly. There's no reason it should cause me so much pain, but all of a sudden, it felt like something that I had been through. I think that happens anytime you've been in a 15-year relationship and it ends in a messy, upsetting way. So I wrote My Tears Ricochet. And I was using a lot of imagery that I had conjured up while comparing a relationship's ending to when people end an actual marriage. 
all of a sudden this person that you trusted more than anyone in the world is the person that can hurt you the worst. Then all of a sudden the things that you have been through together hurt. All of a sudden the person who was your best friend is now your biggest nemesis, etc. I think I wrote some of the first lyrics to that song after watching Marriage Story and hearing about when marriages go wrong and end in such a catastrophic way. Spoiler alert, she is directly talking about her 15-year relationship with her original record label before her originals, her first six albums got sold from under her to Scooter Braun. Relationship with Big Machine and Big Machine CEO, Scott Borchetta. <laughs> yep, that's him. What about the critical reception? Do the critics like this song? NME says, a megawatt pop song encased in layered vocals and twinkling music box instrumentals. LA Times called it goth-like chartres. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Cathedral is goth somewhere in France, a gothic cathedral. So, so they literally mean gothic. <laughs> literally. Billboard called it a sorrowful anthem. Slant called it one of folklore's most straightforwardly resentful stories. Oof, yeah. NPR said, classic Taylor Swift. She takes something specific almost only to her and opens it up into something universal because we've all experienced a sense of betrayal and loss of self-ownership. And Clash called it a funeral lament that perfectly vocalizes all the sadness and anger and displacement that comes with a mega heartbreak. All right. What about the fans? Do they like it? Big Boy Rob. Big Boy Rob. <laughs> Big Boy Rob says, Rob Sheffield, you know him, some of you hate him, puts this as number 61 of 243 and calls it one of her spookiest goth hay ballads. And I love that. <laughs> I don't think it is particularly spooky or even particularly a ballad, really. But Did you watch the Erator? <laughs> I did. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I was there. Were you paying attention? Yeah. <laughs> it's spooky. Um, it's a ballad. It's a funeral dirge. Well, yeah, they make it spooky in the Harris tour. But That's because I think she meant it to be spooky, but whatever. It plays that way on the record. But anyway, they <laughs> ranked it third out of 17 tracks on their Folklore Deluxe Survivor, only behind Cardigan and August. So very high. Oh, look at that. They split up the trio for My Tears Ricochet. Indeed. All right. Let's get into some lyrics. Verse number one. We gather here. We line up weeping in a sunlit room. And if I'm on fire, you'll be made of ashes too. Even on my worst day, did I deserve, babe, all the hell you gave me? Because I loved you. I swear I love you till my dying day. So scene okay. setting. Like Madeline said, it's a wake or a funeral a death, commemoration, memorial, service. Whoever this person is, which we know is Scott, they burn Taylor, but she's going to make sure they burn with her. Mutually assured destruction. And boy, did she. For those yeah. of you who remember the Masters controversy as it unfolded, it was a time, man. It was a time. I was refreshing at work all day, just reading the, the various sniping back and forth between everyone. Yeah, it's nice to look at where we are now in 2024 with four Taylor Taylor's versions under our belt and see how well it's gone. We did not know if it was going to go well. Back then. We didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, because it's worth noting that people have tried similar things, re-recordings in the past, and none of it worked out as well as Taylor, even close. So 
Yeah, we didn't know. Through this point, through verse one, you know, if we didn't know who it's about, the song could conceivably be about any relationship that is in badly, but it's going to get a little more specific a bit later. And to me, take a little bit of the universality out of it, but we'll see. Chorus number one, I didn't have it in myself to go with grace and you're the hero flying around saving face. And if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? Cursing by name, wishing I stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. Oh, I love that. I love that title drop. I love the idea of her crying tears because she is the one that got hurt. She is she is the victim here. And here is Big Machine and Scott and them standing around at her funeral, cursing her name and wishing that she was still around. But her tears are ricocheting. They are bullets. They are pain. They are weaponized pain. And they are going to come back to bite these men. Yep. She didn't even mean to release them, but they're going and they're dangerous. For me, I've never had that in me either. The ability to go with grace. I love that line. If I get taken out of someplace, I'm going out kicking and screaming. You know what I mean? I'm like a bar. I'm in there. Some of the worst memories that I have from breakups are in the immediate aftermath when friends of mine turn out to be on my ex's team because she made me out to be the villain because she was the hero out here saving face while I was grieving and quiet. Being angry and sad. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She's out here doing, doing PR. How dare she? Yep. (laughs) If you don't care, Scott and Scoots, why are you so angry? Wishing I stayed could be a reference to someone leaving a relationship, but it's, you know, a reference to big machine in Taylor's case. Wish he'd have stayed on the label and taken the blatant crooked ass deal that they gave her that would have yep. let, us- let us purchase you and make money for us. Sell your sell your soul to us and let us own every word you ever write. Yep. We will give you back your masters one album at a time if you release new albums here. That was the You can work for them as our indentured servants. Yeah, which she shouldn't have to do because she wrote them, so they should be hers to begin with. The music business is a problem. We don't need to get yeah. into it, but it is. First number two. We gather stones, never knowing what they'll mean. Some to throw, some to make a diamond ring. You know I didn't want to have to haunt you, but what a ghostly scene. You wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me. So Taylor took stones and turned them into to diamonds, right? To jewels. She gave them to Scott, and Scott is then turning around and burying her with different stones. I don't know. It's just, I think that's a very relatable thing. For relationships that go south you know they uh i don't know i don't know it's hard it's hard everything's good until it isn't and then it really makes everything feel sort of hollow did it ever mean anything to you because it meant something to me i thought and then it doesn't seem to to you yeah I absolutely i find it i find it notable that the um throwing stone probably references the um biblical parable of Whoever is without sin can grow, throw the first stone because they used to don't they used to kill people by throwing rocks at them for sins for doing bad things and Jesus was like if you've never done a bad thing ever okay throw a rock I think that's notable here with this relationship with her and Big Machine because she's like look I have I have admittedly done some things wrong and trusted some wrong people but look at all of the wrong that you have done you do not get to hurt me with it right and it's like we've talked and about. She, you know, 
We let people in, we trust them, they are close to us, and because they are close to us, they have the ability to hurt us. And so when they do, yeah. it hurts more. Yeah, that's why she, that's in her only statement about that, about this song, she mentions that. And I think that you wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me line is also notable because Taylor is, she love her love language is gift giving. She loves giving a gift. After winning the Grammys, she gave her team like several thousand dollars worth of stuff, you know, as a congratulations, as a thank you, as a celebration. Uh, she loves giving people stuff. So, you know, she has probably given them watches and cufflinks and all of the things, whatever their personal style is. She's probably given them the best presents. And then here they show up to sign her life away and they're wearing all her shit that she gave them. Yep. And also metaphorically, you know, her pennies made his crown. Not panties. Yep. Not panties, Kim. Yeah, I still hear it that way sometimes. I do too, <laughs> for fun. <laughs> yeah. And Taylor wishes things had worked out differently, but they didn't. So let's ride. Yep. Chorus number two. Didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. Because when I'd fight, you used to tell me I was brave. Now I'm dead to you. Why are you at the wake cursing my name? Wishing I stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet. So different second line. This one has to be about Scott. Right. You know, we've been we know from the quote that that's what it's about. You right. Know, and, you know, to... he probably told her that she was so brave throughout her teen years as she was breaking records. And she slings it right back at him. Yep. As she was going through the Kanye stuff and the the mean whoever that guy was better than revenge, all that fun stuff, you know, Taylor, Taylor you're so brave. Yeah. You're not going to take it from these men out here trying to ruin your life, you know? And then he was the one. You're just going to take it from me. (laughs) So cold, man. So cold. It is. Um, Onto the bridge. And I can go anywhere I want, anywhere I want. not Just not home. And you could aim for my heart, go for blood. But you would still miss me in your bones. And I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky. And when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies. So, oh, what a good bridge. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yep. Taylor does that. Taylor makes good bridges. And this is one of her best ones, I think. Taylor left her home, Big Machine Records, and she can go anywhere else now. But the only place she wants to be is the one place she can't go to. Ain't that always the way? And, you know, hate me if you want. But, you know, you still miss me and all the good times that we had, even though you try to cover them up and act like that didn't happen. It's stolen lullabies. It has to refer to the masters. It can't really be anything else. Yep. Mm-hmm. And how beautiful that is a term for her stolen masters. Stolen lullabies. Yep. Absolutely. I love that she's like, and I still talk to you. And the first time they're here, like Scott's hearing this, he's like, oh, you know, you still care a little bit, an inkling of care. But then she comes back with a call and response. I still talk to you when I'm screaming at the sky in what? rage. <laughs> like, Oh, good. Does she mouth fuck you forever? She does. She does. I bet she does. <laughs> Third and final chorus. I didn't have it in myself to go with grace until the battleships will sink beneath the waves. You had to kill me, but it killed you just the same. Cursing my name, wishing I stayed. You turned into your worst fears and you're tossing out blame. Drunk on this pain, crossing out the good years. And you're cursing my name, wishing I stayed. Look at how my tears ricochet so officially taylor is declaring war in this chorus 
She's not going to lie down. She's not going to take it. It's on. Mutually asserted destruction once again. That's what war is. Isn't there a better way? Like John Lennon said, war is over if you want it. Taylor does not want it. And so here we are. No, she's hurt. She turned her her resources, her battleship around on them and said, okay, your battleship's going to sink. Mine are too, but you know what? We're going down together. Mm-hmm. When you go through a rough breakup, you know, it's far too easy to forget about the good times, which there must have been at some point. Otherwise, why were you in that relationship for so long? But it just taints everything with bitterness when it ends badly. Back to the universality a bit there. Do you have any other lyrical notes? No, I just love it so much. These are such good lyrics. The music <laughs> plays with the mirror. And I'll get that into my... Let's, let's just go straight into overall thoughts, Jesse. <laughs> my overall thoughts. The lyrics are so good and they mesh with the music so well. It is a beautiful, sad song. You took the lyrics out, it would still just evoke sadness. They did such a good job writing it. And I'll point out her Aerosaur performance where she really brings the visuals where you might not have been able to tell originally that this was supposed to be goth or scary or spooky, like you said, upon first listen, Justin. She's giving you that next layer of the story. She's giving you the visuals and she is coming down the stage. They are all, all of her dancers, they're in black, but they are the slowest funeral march down the stage, which is amazing. And then when she gets into the bridge and she is just, I mean, lamenting, she is on her knees screaming at the sky visually while singing the song. It is absolutely stunning. And uh, Kim, when we were talking about this song and doing this episode, she said that this song has become one of her absolute favorites from folklore. And she likes folklore, but she's not a big folklore fan like the rest of us. But this is one of her absolute favorites, um, especially after seeing the visuals on the air tour. <laughs> her quote is, my God, her performance of that song is everything. Go rent the air tour and tell me that I'm wrong. There you go. <laughs> I would second, well, third, y'all, I guess, in that the Aristotle performance is really cool, really cool. And I think it adds a lot to the song, much in the way that tolerated the performance adds a lot to the song as well. Yeah. But I don't know. Musically, the song is just okay for me. Like, I don't I don't love it. It doesn't grab me in the way that some of her other songs on Folklore do. But despite that, the lyrics are super, super strong, like most all of Folklore. It's definitely a good song worth listening to but it's probably in my like second tier of folklore songs so yeah okay let's get to ratings shall we for those of you we, who shall. Read, we rate every song on a one to ten scale one is very bad ten is very good and five is very mid madeline how do you rate this song this song gets a 10 this is one of several tens of mine on um on folklore i love this song it's fantastic and uh kim will follow me up here she's got my back on this one sort of remarkably she gives this one a nine yep and i am gonna be the debbie downer and give it a seven lyrically still a good rating yeah it is it is anything above a five is good yeah lyrically it's a 10 musically i don't vibe with it so much so pulls it down to seven but still a very good song yeah i like it listen to it if you haven't and uh, if you haven't what are you doing and then go watch the visuals from there. Yeah. What are you doing? People do lots of weird things, though. You know? Yeah. If you'd like to tell us how you rate this song, you can do it on Spotify. There's going to be a poll down in the episode description. 
of this episode. And you can vote on our social media platforms. Madeline, where are we at on the social meets? We are on Instagram, Threads, X, TikTok, uh, YouTube, anywhere that you can get your, your, anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's right. You know, type, type Cowboys Like Us podcast into those platforms. We'll be there. And you will find us, uh, which is awesome. We're, we're expanding our footprint, our, our footprint. But you guys, we have a, a consistent handle across all platforms. You can find us at CBLU underscore podcast. I Googled us the other day on a public computer at the library yeah. and we came up. So, yay! Googleable. We're Googleable. We're on the go. We got to add Google to the list of things that we're on. Yep, we're on the Google machine. So, search us up there. What song are we talking about next week? Last Kiss, Taylor's version from Speak Now. Yes. But until then, Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. Follow us on the social meets. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Pod Gremlin may be here. Thanks for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on all platforms at CBLU underscore podcast. You can find us on Instagram, X, the zombie Twitter, TikTok, and threads. We're now posting our episodes on YouTube. Head over there and like and subscribe. All of these links can be found in our link tree in the episode description. Thanks for supporting the pod. Y'all come back now, you hear?